What do you do if your narcissist tells you that if you leave them, they're going to send all kinds of bad energy to you? Well, this question came up today during a live chat, and that's what I'm going to explain to you here today at queenbeanie.com. Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson, and on this channel, I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. So basically what I'm going to do here is I'm going to show you a clip of my video this morning where I did my live stream, during which I answered a question from a viewer who basically said at the end of her relationship with her ex, as she was leaving, her ex told her, hey, I'm going to send all kinds of negative energy toward you for the rest of your life and I'm going to ruin your life from over here. I'm just going to send you the negative energy. Now, I have a couple thoughts on that. And I'm going to first let you see this, and then I'm going to come back and explain to you why I think he did that to her. All right? So take a look at the clip from this morning to get the skeleton key reference. All right? SM says, Angie, question. Does anyone, in, does anyone here believe in someone sending negative energy so the victim suffers forever? My ex swore he'll continue to send me evil negative forces so I'll never be happy. Did you ever see that movie, The Skeleton Key? Did you ever see that movie? In that movie, um, they use voodoo. And the voodoo only works when you believe in the voodoo, okay? And so when, you know, Kate Hudson, I can't remember the character's name. Kate Hudson is the, the actress who plays in it. So she goes to this home and she's like taking care of this person or something and she doesn't believe in voodoo so it doesn't affect her at first but eventually she starts to you know do some research and study and she believes that voodoo is a real thing so then the voodoo is it begins to affect her directly right well here's the thing don't give his negative energy any of your thoughts because if you do that you're going to suck more of it into you okay what you need to do here is you need to believe that your positive energy is so strong and so focused and powerful that his negative energy has absolutely no effect on you. It's only going to affect you if you believe that it's going to affect you. Does that help at all? Something to think about. So SM, choose to be happy and choose to be focused on positive. Do not focus on anything except what you want, not what you don't want. Focus on what you can control, not what you can't control. Okay. So why did this narcissist come after this lady and say, I'm going to send you all this horrible energy and ruin your life? Well, quite honestly, it's because number one, he wanted to make her doubt herself. Number two, he was trying to threaten her to make her stay with him. And number three, because he wanted to hurt her or upset her. Maybe he didn't realize it or maybe he did, but by focusing her on the potential of his sending negative energy her way, he potentially could have caused negative things to happen in her life because she believed the negative things would happen in her life. The fact is the law of attraction works whether we like it or not. We bring about what we think about. So I advised her, as you heard, to move forward, stay focused on the positive energy, and don't allow the negative energy to affect her directly. And I really believe that it works that way. What do you think? Share your thoughts in the comments below and let's talk about this. Can someone will you to have bad energy? And if so, are you as an individual capable of willing yourself to not have that bad energy and to have positive, happy, white light type of energy? Share your thoughts. Let's talk about it. That's the question of the day. How do you deal with someone who's giving you the silent treatment? What do you do when your narcissist goes no contact? That's what we're talking about today at queenbeing.com. Let's get started. 
My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. What do you do when you're dealing with someone who will coexist with you in the same house or the same relationship while literally ignoring you? Believe it or not, this is just one of the many signs of gaslighting and emotional abuse in a toxic relationship with a narcissist or someone with narcissistic personality disorder. Abusive narcissists are very commonly doing the no contact or the silent treatment thing, right? Are they the same thing? Sometimes. Not always. Sometimes you're getting the no contact silent treatment in the house, the same house that you're dealing with a narcissist in. Sometimes you're just in the relationship. We also call this the discard phase. The first thing you have to do is educate yourself about the situation, about narcissism, all of this stuff. I always say that knowledge is power, as you know. The first fact you need to know about this issue is exactly why narcissists give you the silent treatment in the first place. Why do they go no contact? Why do they stop talking to you? See, whether they recognize it consciously or not, narcissists are sort of wired to push your buttons in order to get what they want. Now, you might wonder which button they're trying to push when they just go silent, right? You might be surprised to find out that it's really not about making you crazy, even though it feels like it is, from lack of communication or pure boredom. Rather, it's about playing on your own worst fears. And I'm betting, if you're like every other human being on the planet, one of your worst fears is the fear of being alone in the world. Am I right? With no one to help or support you or be there for you. And I'm guessing that if you are currently involved or were previously involved with a narcissist, you're thinking of all kinds of little things the narcissist did to play on your fears during the relationship. So it's time to get over your fears, my friend. And it's time to get on with your life. So by verbally and emotionally cutting you off, the narcissist offers you a taste of what life might be like without the charming godlike awesome self or goddess-like awesome self that you may have been enjoying before. Yeah, that was sarcasm. So that's why the narcissist, so that's the why. The narcissist belittles and devalues you because it plays on your fear of being alone. It is the narcissist's hope that in in acting this silent treatment, this no contact behavior, it's sort of like they're enacting a silent narcissistic rage against you. They'll force you into submission and into being the good little narcissistic supply that they've always enjoyed and needed before. Plus the silent treatment works particularly well on sensitive empathic people who are often quite attractive to narcissists as we all know because us empaths, we're kind of wired to respond to and attempt to soothe the extreme emotions of people around us, especially people we love and care about. Feel me? So how do you deal with this type of behavior without completely losing your freaking mind? Well, if you're staying in the relationship because you have no choice, such as you're waiting till you can get a better place, you know, a place to live or a job or a kid situation is holding you up, you can play the game if you want to. But in the end, your best option is going to be to leave and move forward, of course. With that being said, we all know that sometimes it's easier said than done. And we all have our reasons for the choices that we make and for why we don't just leave already if it's so bad. So as always, I want to say that if you are being physically abused, none of the following is going to be relevant. Okay. And I want you to get help now, stop watching this video and get some help.
If you're still with me, I hope that you are, we're moving forward. So you're getting the silent treatment again. That lovely part of the discard phase that everyone who's ever been in a narcissist path can recall. Maybe you've been accused of being selfish or of ignoring the narcissist's emotional or physical needs or of being dishonest or arrogant or lazy or any number of, you know, insulting descriptives. But for the record, What's really happening most of the time is projection. Narcissists, they project their own inadequacies onto us, onto their victims. So as usual, once again, my friend, it's all about the narcissist and it's not really about you in the first place. Assuming you're gonna play the game though, this is what you're gonna do to cope with the silent treatment. The next time you're confronted with the icy, hateful, silent treatment from yet another perceived infraction, I want you to come back here and I want you to watch this video again. I want you to remember that this is a game of control. The narcissist believe that they can control you with their lack of communication, the lack of concern. The only way that you're gonna be able to take back your power right now is to refuse to respond to that bullshit, okay? You've got to go on about your life just like the narcissist isn't even there or do whatever you would normally do and blatantly ignore the narcissist, ignore the behavior, no matter how pissed off it happens to make you and no matter how pissed off the narcissist gets in the situation. That means don't send texts trying to reason with the narcissist. It doesn't work. It just causes more drama. Don't post whiny crap on Facebook that everybody can see. It just isn't good for you. Don't allow the narcissist to know that they are affecting you in any way at all. Don't give them what they want when they behave this way. When the narcissist realizes they're not bringing your heart, they'll try something new. Now, this obviously is not gonna solve your problem in the long run of being with a narcissist, being in a toxic relationship, but for the temporary purposes that we're dealing with here, it will stop them from enacting the silent treatment or the no contact stuff, at least as long as you're in the same house. If you're dealing with no contact, as in the narcissist left you and won't speak to you anymore, then can I just say, count your blessings. I know it sounds horrible, but think about the fact that you're not abused right now. Think about the fact that you could choose to make this permanent and change your life for the better in the long run. Just consider it. I would never push anyone to do anything they're not ready to do, but if there's any part of you that is done being abused, this would be the time to get out safely and to have a good reason to stay out. It doesn't change, the cycle continues forever. It goes from love bombing, idealization, everything's amazing and wonderful, and then boom, devalue, boom, discard, and then it starts all over again. They hoover you back in, they love bomb you, they devalue you, they discard you. Not worth it, it's not worth it. So, now it's time for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, have you ever dealt with the narcissist's silent treatment? Have you ever dealt with a narcissist who goes no contact? What did you do to cope? Share your thoughts and your experiences in the comment section below. Should you stay friends with your ex? What if your ex is a narcissist? That's what we're talking about today at queenbeing.com. Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel, I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. So the narcissist says they want to stay friends. What do you do now? Do you stay friends? or not. What do you think? Outside of co-parenting, it's almost never a good idea to stay friends with an ex. 
I mean, every now and then it can work, especially if you weren't together very long or if it wasn't very serious, and maybe if you were friends before. But there's a certain amount of time that it doesn't work at all, and that usually involves a narcissist. Sure, it's a never-ending debate. Friends or no friends after the breakup, after the divorce. But here's the thing. The I still want to be friends game is most often played by narcissists, according to a study that was done last year. I'll link to the study in the description below. Basically, according to a study done at Oakland University, people who want to be friends after they break up tend to be those of the darker personality trait, like narcissists and psychopaths, sociopaths. Why is that? What is that all about? Well, according to the study, which was a continuation of some previous research that suggested that people with narcissistic type of qualities are more likely to choose friends for strategic reasons as opposed to just to be friends and that they prefer short-term relationships. In this study, 861 people filled out a questionnaire that kind of tested them for the dark traits. They also listed their top five reasons for wanting to continue a relationship with an ex. After reviewing their responses, the researchers said that most of the people who did score lower for the dark traits listed reasons that were based in emotion and attachment, like trustworthiness, reliability, and sentimentality. But those who scored higher on the dark traits scale, such as narcissism, those who scored higher for narcissism on that test were more likely to seek the post-breakup friendship or the post-divorce friendship for things like sexual access, things their ex had that they wanted, desirable resources, other stuff like that. So in other words, when we're talking about a narcissist, the deal is their desire for friendship has very little to do with what they could do for the ex or for being friends with the ex. It has more to do with what the ex could do for them. So you probably are willing to be friends because you're attached, because you have feelings for this person, because you're warm toward that person still. While the narcissist will take advantage of that in order to get you to have, continue to have sex with them without a commitment and to continue to give them the things that they like to get from you, i.e. supply, my friend, supply. Of course, on the other side of this coin, narcissists hate to be rejected. They hate to fail. And so sometimes they'll try to stay friends with you. In addition to those practical and sexual reasons, they'll try to stay friends with you just because it proves that, the, that you haven't rejected them and you haven't pushed them away. This way, they don't experience narcissistic injury. So maybe the narcissist feels like their social status is elevated because of you, or they feel like you're you know, a trophy spouse, or somehow you being around helps their self-confidence and self-worth, but they don't want to continue in the relationship. They'd rather be able to go around and do whatever and whoever they want, right? So this way, they get the best of both worlds. They can both keep you around and use you for supply as needed, and still have sex with other people. That's why a narcissist wants to stay friends, my friend. What do you think about that? A few more things I want to point out here. Number one, your ex is your ex for a reason. Whether they're a narcissist or not, maybe it's not the best idea to be friends with somebody who you've been with romantically before. I get it. They were a significant part of your life and you feel like, hey, I just want to be friends. What's the big deal, right? The big deal is that research shows that even in healthier relationships, the friendship between two people who have been in a romantic relationship together of the opposite sex or the same sex typically is a lower quality friendship than two people who haven't been in a romantic relationship together. So there's that. And that's not even talking about the narcissism of it all. See, they become less emotionally supportive, less trusting, and less concerned about the other person's happiness. And of course, this is especially true for former partners who were dissatisfied with the romantic relationship. The fact is the probability that this thing is going to be a painful experience as opposed to a positive one is almost always there. There are, of course, certain 
cases where this doesn't have any sort of bearing on the friendship. For example, you guys know Melina, my business manager. Well, she's very close friends with someone she used to be with who she shares a child with, and they do great co-parenting together. But it's a very unusual situation, and they're two very unusual people. It's just not common, and her ex is not a narcissist, by the way. Don't do it for these reasons. Don't do it because you feel bad for them. It doesn't work. Just let them move on and move on with their life and feel better. Don't do it because you want to keep tabs on them. You're just going to hurt yourself by doing that. The best thing to do is end all contact unless you have to stay in contact because of a child that you share. Don't do it because you're lonely because then, my friend, all you're doing is you're putting a block in the way of you moving forward in your life. Don't do it because you think it's, it's suddenly they're going to get better and become someone else because we all know narcissists don't change. And if they do change, it's only to get what they want and only temporarily until they get what they want. Don't do it because you want to keep them on the back burner. Just move forward. Don't do it because they won't take no for an answer. That's kind of forcing you to be in a relationship with someone you don't want to be in a relationship with. And that's kind of why we're moving on from the narcissist in the first place, isn't it? Don't do it because they say they still love you, because they don't. If they did still love you, they'd still be with you, my friend. And most importantly, don't do it because you still love them. It's only gonna hurt you more in the long run. I promise it's not worth it. So bottom line, should you be friends with your narcissistic ex? My answer, hell no. And I backed it up with some research. Tell me what you think. Share your thoughts in the comments below. That's the question of the day. The question of the day is, have you tried to be friends with a narcissistic ex before? How did it work out for you? And if you haven't, would you try it? And why or why not? Share your thoughts below and let's talk about it, all right? We're always talking about things that a narcissist does. What if today we talk about things that a narcissist would never do? Sound good? Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Sound good? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get started. Today I'm going to tell you about 10 things that narcissists would never do. So let's just dig right in, shall we? Number one, one of the first things that narcissists will never do is tell the truth. What do I mean by that? The truth is that the narcissist only recognizes their own truth. It doesn't really matter whether their truth is the actual truth or something that they've made up in their head. It doesn't matter if you see their truth on paper or your truth on paper. It doesn't matter if you have actual proof that their truth is a lie. They're going to stick to their story no matter what. Narcissists don't change their story and they don't tell the truth when their story doesn't match the truth. Number one. Number two, they don't take responsibility for their own behavior. If a narcissist does something to hurt you, they won't accept responsibility. They'll just go, oh, you know what? I didn't do that. I never said that, never did that, didn't mean it like that. And somehow or another, you'll end up being the one to apologize for the narcissist's behavior. It's pretty shitty, but that's how they roll. Number three, narcissists, they don't apologize, at least not sincerely and at least not for the right reasons. I mean, after all, since they don't bother to take responsibility, they have nothing to apologize for anyway, right? Number four, narcissists will never make you feel safe. See, one of the biggest things they want to do is make you think that you need them. And as they work their magic and they get you to believe that they you can't live without them, they install this sense of insecurity within you. Sometimes they start 
very early in the relationship with this. They make you question yourself. They make you wonder if your friends are trustworthy. They talk bad about your family. They make you feel like you need to pull away. They even dig in about any relationships that you're in outside of them. And I'm not talking romantic necessarily, but let's say if your, mo your mother was the narcissist, she might dig in on your spouse or significant other in order to make you trust them less so that you'll be more connected to her, for example. It makes them feel more powerful, more secure, in the relationship and they enjoy the idea of being the reason that you're so doubtful. Does that make any sense? It's true and it's sad. Next up, narcissists, they'll never make peace with you. And they do that for a number of reasons. Number one, they wanna feel really superior to other people, it's part of their nature. They need to be in control and if they admit that they've done something wrong, they might feel like they can lose that control. They enjoy being in conflict, unlike most of us, they want to feel the conflict they enjoyed. It feels invigorating to them. And then a lot of times they will see conflict in a relationship as a challenge. And they see themselves as sort of someone who must win the challenge or win the fight. They figure they're just reacting to somebody else's problems or somebody else's issues, but they don't wanna let go of their own point of view, even when they're wrong, because they feel like it makes them look weak. They need to feel like winners. And this brings me to the next thing that narcissists don't do. They don't negotiate. They don't change their behavior. They don't think they've done anything wrong. So you won't be able to get them to go to counseling. You won't be able to get them to meet you somewhere in the middle. They don't negotiate. If, if they have a, a price for an item they're selling, that price is firm, even if it means they don't eat that day. You see what I'm saying? Narcissists don't negotiate, at least not with people who are their closest supplies. Another thing a narcissist will never do is be direct with you. You can very rarely get a narcissist, well, hold on. They won't be direct with you unless it hurts you. So they'll be direct with you about something to do with you. They'll tell you that they think you're lazy or fat or you know, skinny or whatever insult they can think of. But when you confront them, they will never speak to you directly, especially when they're wrong. They'll double speak you, they'll word salad you, they'll do the narcissistic flip on you and somehow, once again, you end up apologizing for their mistakes. If you ask them anything regarding responsibility of their own or being fair in a situation, they will flip the switch, flip the script, sw switch it all around and it'll be all your problem. Another thing a narcissist never does is listen well. And what do I mean by that? Well, have we all been to the brick wall? Have you ever experienced the sensation of talking to a brick wall? That's what it pretty much feels like to talk to a narcissist. No matter what you say, no matter how many times you say it, the narcissist can't hear you unless it's what they want to hear. They hear you physically, but they don't listen. They don't understand. They pretend not to understand, even when they're perfectly capable of understanding. That's because pretty much every conversation that you're going to have with the narcissist will at some point or another either end abruptly or switch over to being about them. For example, you know, if you say, oh, at work today, somebody somebody came in and robbed the place. The narcissist might be like, oh yeah, you think that's bad? Well, I stubbed my toe on the way to the office this morning. You know what I'm saying? They, they want to one-up you. Speaking of which, they will never stop one-upping you. And that's my next thing. Anytime you're dealing with a narcissist, you can expect that no matter what has happened in your life, they will have something worse to complain about. Next up, a narcissist will never do anything for free. They don't believe in paying it forward. They don't have that feeling in themselves. They think everything they get is all about them and that's all that matters. See, there's such a thing as an altruistic narcissist or the type of person who gives and gives and gives to charities and other publicly visible 
situations or maybe they give to their family or their friends but what it ends up happening is they don't do it without expecting something back if you've ever had someone you know a narcissist help you out of a tough situation and you've been so grateful you may notice that the narcissist expects you to do something in return for their favor to you does that make sense unless you can directly benefit them most of the time the narcissist won't be doing you any favors next up the narcissist will never stop trying to own you what do i mean by that well unless they're able to replace you and find someone who is willing to give them the same supply that you were they need you you are their source of narcissistic supply so even if they leave you they may still come rolling back around they may decide they still want to be friends they may decide that their new supply is too boring or lazy or stupid or their new supply is causing them too much drama and stress or their new supply isn't giving them supply or they don't have a new supply. Either way, they will always try to keep you on the back burner even when you have left them and moved on in your life. They may come back five years later trying to suck you back in. We call that hoovering. Don't fall for it. And finally, the last thing that narcissists ever do is change. Again, narcissists never think there's anything wrong with them. They always see themselves as right. They always see themselves as a victim of circumstance if they are doing anything that's beyond what would be considered healthy and right. So outside of some major evolution or personal, you know, you, you don't see a narcissist evolving. They don't. They generally stay the same from the time they come into their narcissism until the time they pass. It is the way of the narcissist. There's one thing I just want to let you know before I wrap up today. None of this is your fault. Even though you feel probably that there's some fault of yours in this situation, maybe you reacted badly to some of this treatment or you felt crazy because you were gaslighted too much or you feel like somehow you failed in the relationship. You have to understand you weren't dealing with someone who was capable of being in a healthy relationship and therefore nothing you could have done could have changed this except if you had only made the relationship about that person and dutifully stood by in a closet when they didn't want you. <laughs> and what I mean by that is I have this idea that narcissists um, would love to just put us in a box so we could just wait until they need our attention and not do anything else in the meantime. But it feels easier to blame ourselves because we can fix ourselves. The truth is what narcissists don't do is a big part of why narcissists can't have successful relationships that are beneficial to both partners. It's not your fault. Now it's time for the question of the day. What would you add to my list? What are some more things that narcissists don't do? Share your thoughts and your experiences in the comments below and let's talk about it. How does a narcissist test their victim? What do narcissists look for in a victim? How do they kind of run the little tests before they decide who they're into? That's what we're talking about today at queenbeing.com. Let's get started. My name's Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. Would you agree that it's safe to say that we could call a narcissist, at least a toxic narcissist, sort of an emotional stalker, somebody who looks for people who they can easy, easily manipulate and control. And if I said that to you, would it offend you because you are also someone who's been with a narcissist? Let me say this first. I have also had narcissists in my life and been abused by them. 
and I consider myself intelligent. So don't think that I'm in any way trying to take away from your intelligence or your ability to stand up for yourself in this case, okay? But the fact is there are certain qualities that a narcissist looks for in a victim. And that's what we're talking about today. They choose victims and then they go on to charm them, seduce them, push them, mold them, put them into their little victim box, right? Narcissists, because they're not capable of normal human love, they love people for what they do for them as opposed to who they are. One of the things that they do is they feel very angry and frustrated at people who enjoy life because they, even though they seem to enjoy their lives, generally don't. Of course, I'm not talking about specifically material things. A lot of narcissists have plenty of material things. Not all of them, but a lot of them do. I'm talking about deeper things like empathy, like sensitivity, like goals, creativity, different things that you want to do with your life, passions. A lot of the time, narcissists will go after someone who have a strong passion or a strong fire inside of them. But as we all know, narcissists have a way of switching from the amazing, light-seeming, fun-to-be-around person that we first met to becoming incredibly critical, very dismissive of people they claim to love. And of course, this just feeds our confusion and our self-doubt, right? So I'm going to go over a few traits that narcissists typically look for when they're dealing with finding a new victim. All right, let's just go right through, shall we? One of the first qualities a narcissist will look for in a victim is someone who might have some vulnerabilities, someone who has had previous experiences that were negative in the whole human field. Let me just give you an example from television, okay? If you've ever seen the show called How I Met Your Mother, there's a character on the show played by Neil Patrick Harris called Barney Stinson. This character, while he's hilarious, and I can't deny enjoying him uh, because he's so outrageous and because I know in real life NPH is gay and he plays such a good womanizer on the show. Uh, this character, though, is the epitome of a narcissist. So one of the things that Barney Stinson looks for in a woman is what? Daddy issues. He looks for a woman who has been broken, had issues in the past because of something with her father or whatever, and then he comes in and swoops in and does his whole narcissistic love bombing thing, although his are shorter, shorter efforts usually because he's a womanizer. So the thing that you have to know is that people who are attractive to narcissists often have some underlying issues like that, parent issues or they've been bullied in school or something like that and this has caused them to become very sensitive people and has caused them to want to please the people they do care about and often because people who have been treated this way may find themselves kind of downgrading to from what they could have if that makes any sense so a narcissist sees someone who's vulnerable emotionally because of previous abuse as someone who is easier to glom onto and they can you know, sort of temporarily help raise that person's self-esteem while at the same time in their minds kind of getting in on somebody who's really too good for them. But they think they're, the, the victim thinks they're not too good because they've been abused and taught otherwise. Does that make sense? Because we doubt our worthiness. It's because we don't believe that we are good enough or that we are worth anything that they are able to get to us. It's what makes us vulnerable to narcissists. The next quality that I'd like to share with you is how, when a narcissist is trying to choose a victim, they're looking for someone who is gonna be dependable, someone who's gonna always be ready to help them anytime they need it. So people who are prime choice victims, they are people who tend to be joiners or helpers. They, you know, if they see somebody in pain, they wanna help that person. And that's unfortunately something that an empath naturally does. When you're an empath, you naturally want to help anyone that you see who needs help. So a narcissist picks up on that. Another thing that we are that 
might shock you is a lot of us have a little bit of perfectionism in us and now we might not have perfect this or perfect that but there's something about us that is perfectionistic and one of the most common perfectionist areas that we have as people who are attractive to narcissists are our perfectionism our perfectionism falls where we need to help people in a perfect way so we might often keep kind of a low profile we're kind of the behind the scenes people and a lot of times we don't want to overshadow our friends and colleagues we want to lift them up we don't want to stand in front of them this of course brings me to my next point which is they want someone who will take personal responsibility for everything even things they didn't do and someone who will work really hard for them so they're looking for someone to be responsible hard worker someone who will always comply with whatever assignment they get from the narcissist so they might test you in little ways like they might be like oh here's 20 bucks go to the store and get me this out of the other thing and if you go oh don't worry about it I got it <laughs> Number one, you, you pass the little narcissist test because you're willing to spend your own money. Number two, you don't even think about the fact that they just ask you to go to the store when you just told them you worked all day and your back hurts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that kind of stuff. And then the last quality that I'm going to share with you today is kind of surprising, but it's true. And it is above average intelligence. Yeah, they look for the smart people. How about that? And on the same token, they look for good looking people. Now, I know you're like, I'm not good looking. Well, you know what? You are good looking and and even if you don't think that you're good looking, someone does. The point is, they narcissists look for very smart, intelligent, bright lights. They look for people who are very skilled, very trained, very focused. People who, you know, have enthusiasm. People who are passionate. People who have a lot to say, a lot to do. People who other people are attracted to, okay? Narcissists don't want to be with someone who can walk around you know looking freaky or scary or weird they want to be with someone who makes them look good and if you have high intelligence and you have you know a cheery personality and blah blah blah, blah you're perfect for a narcissist so I know you're sitting here and you're going well I'm tired all the time and I'm exhausted and I'm depressed and sad and I don't do my hair anymore or whatever well that's because you're with a narcissist honey you have to give yourself a minute and you have to think back to what you were when you met the narcissist they may have taken you from feeling really good about yourself to feeling really bad about yourself but somewhere inside of you there's a person who is beautiful and bright and intelligent and smart and ready to move forward in her life or his life and if this is you this is why you were chosen by the narcissist you have to remember narcissists are always looking to feed their ego they want attractive people they want to get a prize or a trophy person they have very little respect for weakness and honestly they have no interest in someone that just anyone could get their hands on they want someone that they have to reach up to get they don't want to reach forward they don't want to reach down they want to reach up do you understand what I mean narcissists are always looking for a better supply even when they found someone amazing that's not your fault it's nothing to do with you it's not that you're not a good supply it's just that maybe you have too much independence for them too much self-respect the narcissist needs other people to be envious of the person they obtain as their supply that's why a lot of times they come on real strong in the beginning and they offer you this romance like you've never seen before it's the love bombing phase and that's why a lot of times when you get with a narcissist one of the one of the things that you hear over and over again is oh my god 
they're too good to be true because they are my friend. <laughs> so once a narcissist picks their target, they'll stop at nothing until they get that person. The bigger the challenge, the harder they'll work. And the more they trash you, the more they tear you down, the more once, once they've obtained you, they're mad at you for making them work that hard if you're a hard to get type of person. Here's the biggest thing. The ultimate ego boost for a narcissist is to take someone who's independent and self-sufficient, strong, and make them completely dependent, completely controlled. Of course, if you dump the narcissist after all of that, it just makes them try harder. And every single time they convince you to take them back, it's sort of like another little notch in the little narcissist's belt. Just remember, you don't deserve it. It's not your fault. Now that you know how a narcissist tests their victim, you know what you need to do to fix it, don't you? What you need to do is have confidence. Love yourself unconditionally and accept nothing less than you deserve. If you don't know what you deserve, sit down and think about it for a while and try to figure out what your deal breakers are in a relationship. What will you accept? What will you not accept? That's the question of the day today. What are your deal breakers going to be from now on in a relationship with a person so that you know for sure that you're not allowing yourself to be taken advantage of or abused? Share your thoughts and comments in the comments below, your thoughts and experiences in the comments below, and let's talk about it, all right? That's all I've got for you right now. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together.